Hi, friend. Welcome to Love, Hope, and Stories. My name is Jennifer, and I'm so excited that you're here today. I've been wanting to share my friend Veronica with you since the beginning of this podcast, so I'm really excited that she's here today. I met Ronnie when she was a student at SMU. She graduated with degrees in political science and business. Then she decided to go to the Perkins School of Theology, which she talks a little bit about today. And she earned a Master's of Divinity from there. Now she's in a PhD program writing a dissertation concerning the ethical practices of higher educational staff members when handling sexual assault cases. I didn't ask her any questions about that today, um, but I did ask her about how she's experienced God's love and hope in her life. And her answers are really great. Um, She shares a few stories that are just really great and encouraging. I also got her riled up about the prosperity gospel, which I think will be fun for you to hear. This girl drops truth bombs all over this interview, and she makes me laugh, which is just the perfect combo, right? I know you'll be encouraged to hear Ronnie talk today, so here she is. Hi, Ronnie. Hello, Jennifer. <laughs> Hi. How are you? Pretty good. Got she- some caffeine in me. So yeah. good. That's good. I met baby Veronica when she was 18 years old. The first thing, one of the first things you said is, my friends call me Ronnie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I so, still do. I wonder how many people in the world don't know your name is Veronica. They just know you as Ronnie. Probably a lot of Chi Alpha people because they're just introduced as Ronnie. Like yeah. in bigger circles. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you're one of the closest people in our life and you have to be on this podcast at some point. Okay. Like you just don't, you're just not going to get out of it. So <laughs> tell us a story of when you've experienced God's love and hope. All right, so I was in kids' church yesterday. We, like, do a lesson before we get into the deeper lesson, kind of like something to spur their thinking on. And there was this paper bag, and there wasn't anything in it. I'm supposed to ask all the kids what's in it, you know, guess what's in it. And they had a lot of interesting guesses. And so the hint I'm supposed to give is that it's bigger than God, what's in the bag, right? But then the answer, of course, is nothing, right? And there's nothing in the bag, so nothing's bigger than God. Mm-hmm. And it kind of spurns the, the conversation into thinking about that lesson for the day. But, you know, upon, like, I was thinking about it later, on my drive home, I, I was just thinking about, that's like a very true statement. You know, there is nothing that's too big for God. And a lot of things are too big for me, right? But nothing is too big for God. Well, then it's like, well, what, like, what does that really mean? And it got me thinking about how, like, all the times in my life where I am struggling with something, it's because I've decided to take control of that situation. Hmm. And it's only when I've either let up or never took control in the first place, right, and gave it to God, where I really do succeed. I think that's genuinely true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my whole life is supposed to be lived, right, in this relationship. But I mean, like, my everything. Like, God is supposed to be the source of life. Mm-hmm. Of, like, really everything. When I first really got this idea, I would say I was in seminary, which is a lot of fun, um, very stressful for your soul and your spiritual walk, just because there's just so much stuff you didn't know about the Bible, Jesus, God, I mean, just history, there's just a lot. And you're, like, in a very short time, asked to read all these really great thinkers and then make decisions that they had 
you know, years to come to, but you have a week to write the paper, you know? Mm-hmm. That's similar. And I think it was maybe my second year, my second year in seminary. Yeah, because we had to write this. Oh, man. Okay. I went to Perkins School of Theology. And you have to write, a, it's called a credo. And it means what I, uh, it's what I believe. Right? And so at the end of your second year, yeah, it's like your entirety of Christian theology in one paper. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And Did you learn I mean, a lot? I learned a lot, like a lot of their basic things I had never really thought about because I was just living in Assemblies of God theology my whole life. Like, this is just what it is. What I mean by that is like, like we had a whole section on God the Father, uh, God the Son, and then I remember the Holy Spirit part was literally one day in class. And I was like, what do you mean one day? I had weeks of God the Father, like half a semester. And then for Jesus, we had you know, like a month and a half, and then we get one lecture on the Holy Spirit. Granted, it was a great lecture, and it was very thought-provoking, but I was like, man, we got more than that, like, but in that moment of freaking out about writing this paper (laughs) and putting it off and postponing it because I didn't know how it was going to start, because the whole thing, you needed to have, like, a structure and an outline, like, how do you outline my faith? That's a crazy idea that I could outline my faith and then fill it in with thoughts. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember I was, uh, my, um, friend, John at the time, well, his name is still John. Anyways, my friend at the time, John, <laughs> one of them, <laughs> like his name, he didn't change his name, uh, who's now an awesome Methodist pastor somewhere. He's in Houston. Anyways, he was, uh, we were talking outside of class, you know, uh, the woes of cradle writing and everything and, how do you do it? How do you get with it? And John said to me in the group, he's like, well, she is probably doing amazing and just not telling us. And I was like, what? And he's like, you're assembly. Y'all got this thing on the spirit like no one else. And I was like, what? That's an interesting idea. And it stuck with me because I did not feel like that at all. Like, that's interesting. But I went home and I was like, when I thought about it, I was like, I mean, if he means that I can't do this without God, then absolutely. And that's when I really started to think about, well, for one, I think I believed that. And I just didn't know how to put it in words. You know, John did. But, uh, like, I remember before I wrote, I was like, God, I really don't know how to do this. Like, this academic thing, I can get a lot of it right. I can write many things. But it doesn't mean they're correct or they're what I really, truly believe or I'm not explaining myself well enough. Those are all, like, problems of writing. I was like, but if, like, God, I believe you called me here, right? And I truly believe that you are behind me in doing this task. Why not just let you actually help me do this task instead of stressing out and doing it all by myself? That's good. Yeah. And I, like, really did have a moment in my rickety apartment that was very warm at the time um and like truly like let's read you know it had one ac unit like it was hot in there in texas Texas. in texas on the fourth floor like it's hot in that building anyways but i had this moment of okay then let's let's actually do this work together because i think for so long i had only seen like I do my writing, my schoolwork, and then I do, like, my library job or whatever. And then I do the Jesus thing. 
even when I'm in an environment where my mind is supposed to be the Jesus thing too, you know, but I'm still separating them, you know, instead of the entirety of my life being set into we're always doing the Jesus thing. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the whole thing gets put in there. So yeah, I, I don't think it made me the paper better. I think the Holy Spirit helped me cheat or something stupid like that. But in terms of the finding of motivation and strength and clarity, I think that absolutely helped for sure. So another time um, would be with my finances. And I think this one, you know, sometimes you learn things better when you tell others than when you just do them yourself. Mm-hmm. Or I guess because I'm having to explain to someone the way I view the world that I'm like, oh, this is the way I view it. Okay. Sure, I've never actually thought about it, but you asked. So I had a friend who was struggling with finances. And, uh, I mean, she was just struggling with doubt and not thinking God was going to come through on so many levels. Uh, And then what was really interesting was that the way she wanted her prayer answered, it was like some crazy bill, you know. The way she wanted her prayer answered was to have, like, money just kind of, I don't want to say fall out of the sky, but just someone gifted or like do this incredible thing, you know, and like that, because then it would be a miracle from God if the money arrived like that. And I remember thinking, I'm like, but that's not true. I mean, it can be, money can come like that. Absolutely. You know, I, people give all the time and thank goodness for generosity in the world, but like God's bigger than just that type of giving in someone's life. Mm. Because when you think about it, like, the very fact that you have a job that you're able to say that, you know, that's God's provision, right? Yeah. God's provision is in your everyday. I got a check for the work I just completed. Mm-hmm. Like God is in that, even if it's a small amount. Like God is in that. That is His provision. So it's not just this one crazy. I got a letter in the mail and it wasn't a tax refund. The government just gave me money or something. Well, those they happen. Right. It's this idea that God is really provider. Yeah. Like if that's really who I understand God to be. Right. Then what I do with my work, it's not just me doing it. Even if I feel like it's mundane, easy work, like I'm supposed to understand that the gift of life. Right. If he really is creator. Right. If he's really all those things and every aspect of what I'm doing is God infused. Right. Mm. He's put something, he's put us here to put us somewhere and put us to work, right? So anything I'm doing with my hands, right? If I'm really engaged in this relationship and this walk with Christ, then I'm supposed to be engaged in this moment in a walk with Christ too. Yeah. Yeah. And so I remember because we had that discussion and I didn't realize I really thought about that until I had to explain it. Yeah. You know? That's why I'm telling our stories are so important. Yeah, because then you really think, wow, I really do believe God does these things. I mean, she got a job. And then she also got a gift. Like, I mean, God's not limited, right? But then she also got a gift to help cover the rest of the expenses. God's not limited. No, not at all. Because then it made me think about, like, after our conversation was over, I got me reflecting on my upbringing, my life, my parents, and just thinking about, because in a for the majority or like a dominant part of my life I was raised in a single parent home 
And I, for the life of me, do not understand how my mother made it work. Because somehow she had to have childcare and pay bills and, like, all these things, you know. Yeah. And to me, those sound like a terrifying task right now. And But to realize that for her, I never saw terror. You know, I only saw someone who really was faithful in her giving and faithful to church, right? And she, for me, I mean, that's why I, I really, like, I saw faith worked out in my mom. Mm-hmm. And so I remember, like, my mom modeling this provision idea. Uh, no matter how little we have, we still have it because of God, you yeah. know, right? She would always say, he still guys gas is 29 cents. If he's a dollar, if it's a dollar 40, if it's three forty, and if it's $6, like he's still God. It doesn't matter the price on things, right? Mm-hmm. And like, that's just an insane thing to hear and to think about how that really translates into your life of if God really is God and he really provides, then there's nothing I can do without him. Well, it's like the most recent one when I was freaking out about paying my school bill. Yeah, it was actually kind of crazy. I mean, this is a crazy story. Um, yeah, so I'm in my room crying because that's what I do when I get to the end of my rope. And when I'm not at the end of the rope, sometimes I just cry. But <laughs> I'm crying. It's true. It's crying. So I'm like crying. And then that comes back to me, right? This, you can't, you're not meant to do this by yourself, Veronica. Like, Ronnie, you can't do this. Like, look at these numbers. You just did your calculations. You can't do it. So are you going to actually ask me to do it with you or not? Because if not, it's going to be a real struggle. But if, you know, God works in tangent, then maybe this this is a possibility, you know. Mm-hmm. kind of makes you think about that scripture, all things are possible with God. Like, maybe that's what that means. That's just a throwaway I'll have to think about later. But, so... At that moment, I think you would call this surrender slash submission. Yeah. Know? We got to do it. We got to do it. You know, you got to get to this, you know, this reminder of, you're right, God, like, this is not, that's not how I want to be anyways. I don't want to be someone who is self-made. Like, I do not want that. Mm. That's not, that's not what it means to follow Christ. It doesn't mean that I'm self-made and I got myself here. It means that Christ through me, Christ with me, Christ always for me. Like, then that is like, Christ did this, you know? So. Anyways, that's a sign. Um, so what happened? So like, yeah. Yeah, what happened? So I tell, so then I like wear it. I have this thing where once I decided it's out of my control, I can't hide it anymore. Because, you know, like when you don't have money, you hide things. It's just shameful in a mm-hmm. way. Like I can't afford something and it's a little shameful, shameful sort of in our culture. But so I like hide it. And then, you know, then I can't because I'm like, mm, whatever. Yeah, so um, I'm struggling to pay my bills. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyways, I was um, talking to a coworker about life, and she asked how it was going. And I was like, I'm struggling to pay the school bill. You know, how are you doing? (laughs) And she's like, wow, that's a big amount. And I'm like, you're telling me? I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I'm like, oh, well, it'll be fine. (laughs) I say stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, it'll be fine. Okay, well, then the next time I worked with her, she says to me, hey, so I just, like, got an inheritance, and it's just sitting in a bank account. We can put it towards your bill, and you can just pay me back whenever. No interest. I said, I'm sorry, what? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I was like, first off, I didn't think you had money. Secondly, are you, are you sure? 
I mean, like, genuinely, are you sure? Because, like, you are being an answer to many a prayer right now, which is insane to me. But, yeah. yeah. So that got paid for. How crazy. That's good. Wow. I don't know. That one was kind of- that one's so recent too. Still, I'm like still working it out. So, so how anyway. how do you live that way? Like, what does it take to live that dependent on the Lord? I mean, there's just not another option for me. I don't like. What else do you do? Yeah. Like either, I either, I remember for a while, I had like different moments in my life. You know what? I'm just gonna quit the faith or something. You know, something crazy. I don't think I've ever gotten to really doing it. Um, and I never will probably, but like this idea of like, what else is there? I remember the disciples, right? When Jesus is telling them, are you going to leave me too? And they're like, where would we go? I mean, like, what else is there? And I, I feel like that all the time. Like that is like, there is nothing else. Mm-hmm. Like there is nothing else. I mean, like, even in periods and seasons of my life where I've been distant from God or being so absorbed in a sin or so absorbed, just uh, apathy. I think for a while that was a big one, just being apathetic towards faith. But, like, genuinely, where else am I going to go? Because you've seen too much, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, I've seen God do too much to one question his reality. That's not even a thing I can question anymore. Right? And the question is faithfulness. Like, I've seen too much. Like, in my life, in the lives of others, in times of abundance, it's kind of when you build your markers. You kind of, like, that's what the Israelites would do after each city. You know, they would build, like, a marker or something about what happened. I'm thinking right now of when Jacob has the encounter with God at Bethel, right? And so then he builds a little, I don't know, I've always imagined it as a little thing of stone, but it was probably much bigger, but... And he builds this as a memorial to what God has done in two, mm-hmm. talking and encountering God here. That's not Jacob. Yeah, Jacob. Right? And so I think in a times of abundance, that's what you're doing. Like, this is who God is. Like, I have no doubt that this is who God is. This is the abundance that I'm living in right now. Like, this is, it's meant to do something now, but it's never just meant for now either. Like, it's supposed to carry you into other times. Mm-hmm. And as a reminder, because it's not always an abundant time. Also, in times of abundance, it's like just because it's abundant in one area doesn't mean it's abundant in another area. Mm-hmm. And so, like right now, maybe, well, like the miracle, like I'm still living in, is the finances, right? Right now. But in other areas, like say relationships, right? Or what's another one? I don't know. I always think of people. So it's not finances and it's people. Right? Maybe that's an area of struggle, or there are things that can change, right? And if God can provide here, why not here? Yeah. Yeah, and so I think if you're living in a time of, right now you feel full of hope in one thing, like God really answered this prayer here. Think about all the other prayers you have in your life. And so if he's faithful here, why would he not be faithful in other areas? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. If you're struggling in an area with a situation going on in your life, what do you say to that? Yeah. yeah. You know, um, yeah. I mean, when some, you're dealing with hopelessness, it's this, the thing that it can't get better, that there is no way out, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, to that person, yeah. I, I can't live a day that there isn't an element of hope in it, right? And so... 
to situate my life into the theology of that nothing is too big for God means that in the most hopeless of situations, there is Christ doing something that is hopeful, right? And that is a hard one to live and to hear, I think. But um, I don't know, Jim, if I don't have hope, what do I have? Like, do we just accept the world as it is? (laughs) Do I just accept life like it is? Do I just accept brokenness as it is? Do I look at people and think, eh, the end? (laughs) I don't want to live like that. Mm, So it's a choice. Um, I think for me, yeah, it's it's a choice. Um, it's like a, it's a perspective. How do you see a situation, right? Either this is the end or it's the beginning. You know, it's the seed. It has to die before it grows, Mm -hmm. right? So it's either an end or it's a beginning. Okay. Yeah. it, It reminds me of Ecclesiastes. Okay. Okay. Look. So when you read Ecclesiastes, it's about, pers- I think, a lot of it is about perspective. Because mm-hmm. you get to the end, and you think, first off, what did I just read? Because that was confusing. Um, but <laughs> then you think about, I mean, really, you're like, what was that about? But it's about perspective. I remember I was talking about this in one of my Old Testament classes, in the Hebrew, the way it's translated. Of which perspective do you pick in the translation? So you can read Ecclesiastes and think, this is a horrible world, right? You get to the end, and then, like, the refrain, like, um, there's not, what is it? There's nothing. Oh, it's meaningless. It's all meaningless under the sun. Nothing matters. Like, uh, wars happen. Good things happen. It doesn't matter. Like, this whole, like, this refrain over and over. And so you can either have the perspective of, well, life is meaningless and it has no point, right? Because there's good and bad are going to happen. Yeah. And good people and bad people, they all die. Yes. And everyone's going to die anyways, right? And people are probably going to be crooked anyways. And the good people are probably going to fail somehow. You know, like that's Ecclesiastes, right? Well, that's one perspective, right? Mm. You can read it like that. Or, right, the translation is instead of it's meaningless, there's balance. Right. And so there's good and there's bad, but there's balance. Right. Mm -hmm. There's ups and there's down, but life is balanced. And that we all meet death, but it brings a balancing to it. Right. And so then it's not, I think, death isn't this great, horrible thing. It's this equalizer, right, to the the perspective, right, of we're all going to die versus all these things happen and it equalizes us here. You know, mm-hmm. so the perspective matters, right? So I can either look at life as I'm being cheated or it's horrible when bad things happen. Or you look at it and you think about death that's going to happen at some point, And then you realize that then the breath I have matters more today, whether or not there's cheating in the world. It's good, girl. <laughs> So what people, but people would say, but it's all going to end in death. That sounds hopeless. Like the balance sounds hopeless. I mean, I think it's it's hopeless, right? If if that that becomes the focus, right? Because right, the danger of well, we all die anyway. Is then you don't give meaning to what you're doing now, right? Versus, I only have an amount of time. Let's make this mean something. Mm. 
right? I think it's, it's kind of the, the promise we get in Scripture of right, the right now and the not yet, or the not yet and the right now, whichever mm-hmm. way we call that, Yeah. right? Is that we hope for God's grace now, but some things we don't get yet. But my hoping for the not yet does not mean I don't hope for now, mm-hmm. right? You can't just put all your eggs there, just like you can't put all your eggs here. I mean, that's both in, right? The choices I make today affect eternity, right? So if I'm not, I mean, that's where it comes down to for me. Like, yeah, there's death, but there is a good amount of meaning. And people, I mean, that's the other thing is like people, right? It's all the people and the lives we influence all the time. Like the idea that this is an individual faith is so not real. Like, everything we do is impacting someone, seen or unseen. Like, we are impacting each other and influencing each other, Mm -hmm. hopefully for the good, right? The way it works out. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, like, with the example of my life and provisions, like, I saw my mom walk out and being provided. I don't think she ever thought that. I thought about what is Ronnie thinking about right now as I struggle to put cereal on the table. Cereal, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think she thought that at all. But it impacted me. You know, on a deep theological level that I did not get until I was much older, but it really did. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, in times of hopelessness or hopefulness, right, in both of those, there are people around us who are impacted. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. I mean, and that's the whole point of your stories, right? Think about, like, that's what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, if God is hopeful in this situation— why not mine? Yeah. And I can't tell you a why not. I can't tell you a why not. And you know, this is a real struggle of faith. But people can disagree with me on that. That's fine. But where I land is I can't say why not. I can't say that his provision only works if you have a rich uncle or if you happen to live in North America. Like, no. First off, that's a limited theology and not gospel. It should impact the world. Right? So if he's faithful here, then he absolutely will be faithful in other places. Even in the Middle East? Even in the Middle East. Right? God is faithful, and he calls us even in the Middle East. Right? Even in impoverished areas. I mean, that's here too, but anywhere. This is what I love about you, Ronnie, that it doesn't matter if we're talking about Gilmore Girls or... (laughs) Superwoman or super or Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever we're talking about. You're telling me a story about your life. We're always going to end up in a theological discussion about something. Yes, we are. You know, that's real. Because, you know, people that talk about prosperity gospel, like p- either they really believe in it or they really don't. Yeah, I really don't. Prosperity gospel is not what I'm talking about. Prosperity gospel is about individual achievement. Is what it comes down to. Okay. God makes my life so prosperous. It's not that he's providing essential needs, right? It's that he's giving me an abundance. And I think, like, that's the idea is, oh, I get all this money now. Because we use the term abundance. We we used that yeah. even in our discussion today. So what's the yeah, difference? For me, it's how you use it, right? So I think... I don't know. I don't really think about, like, these huge, incredible blessings to someone's individual life. I mean, like, numbers are different. But, like, if you're experiencing, 
like a crazy blessing or something. It's supposed to be given back. It's for others. I mean, that's the thing. Like, that's why it's not the individual faith. So you would describe prosperity message as it just comes to me and for the benefit of my life. It comes to me and mine, and that's great. That's where it stops. And I think, to me, it's always a a prosperity message is like you get a bigger car, you get a bigger house, you get a bigger jet, you get a bigger, like a bigger, 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 Mm -hmm. which to me, that is counter to the gospel because it's not about you getting bigger stuff. Jesus rode on a donkey. No, prosperity gospel is, it's so individualized or like to your people. So why would it matter if God pays your school bill? Because it sounds. Why does it matter? Yeah, because it sounds like God is providing a need that you have so that you can get an education. Why is that not prosperity? Well, this better not just be for me. Your education. Absolutely, it cannot just be for me. That is not a life worth living. Mm-hmm. To look at stuff on the wall and be like, "Look what I did." Dear God, no. That can't be. So what do you hope with your education? I, the, hope, the, the hope with my whole life, right, is, is, okay, saying that God's called you to something doesn't mean that he called you individually for you to do good okay. or, like, to feel better about yourself. Wow. Saying those good. things is incorrect. That is an incorrect theology. And if that's where it stops, then someone is wrong, and it ain't Jesus, okay? <laughs> right? God calls us always. To others, right? The first thing he did was God so loved the world. Yeah. Yeah, God so loved the world. Like, this is the essential command of our of Christianity, right? And so, oh, it's so frustrating on so many levels. Is like, it's supposed to be about me and mine. No, it's not, mm. right? God calls us in an individual faith that is absolutely communally faith. And so you cannot separate them, right? The danger of theology is when we get so close to either or, right? It's either all the group. And none of the person, right, people don't matter. Or all the person in the group never matters and the betterment of others. Like, this is the tension that is our faith, right? And so the prosperity message, right, the prosperity gospel, what it is, it is so individual, right? You and your camp. Mm. That is wrong, right? There are so many people who need financial provision for one thing. That's like, hello. But, like, whatever area of your life, right, if, if I really truly believe that God is my creator and provider, then the work I'm doing has to be about others. If it's not about others, then I question whether I'm really doing it for God in the first place. Wow. It sounds like I'm doing it for myself. Mm. So that's true. Like, no. That is the beef I have with that. That's And good. why I'm not talking about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah. So... Okay, here's what keeps coming in my mind, right? The first, one of the first, um, give me his name, Jacob, the, the blessing, okay? We're in Jacob, Genesis, the blessing, right? He says, I'm going to bless you, right? So that through you, I bless the world, hmm. right? This is the promise of Israel, right? And this is the thing they do over and over in the promise before we even get to having a kid. Right, that's the promise, is I'm going to bless you so I can bless the world, it's countless, it's like, that's the blessing. That still holds today, right? Yeah. What God is doing in anyone's life, like, it is to do something for you so that the world. So when I, God blesses me, 
for example, and then it stops and you don't go to the world? What was the point of that? Mm, it's like rotten fruit. It is. Oh, so much rotten fruit always dies. People need to eat it. <laughs> Are you talking about the, my fruit on my table? I'm talking about all my fruit on my table. <laughs> I had to throw out an oranges last week. I know. The fruit, I cannot eat it all myself. Y'all have to help me. <laughs> That's so true. Avocados, they, they come to our house to just rot. Yes. Yeah. So what what are some action steps? Like, okay, I hear it. It's that's true. I need I'm taking stock of my life right now. What do I do? Okay, practically, you should be giving. I mean, I think if there are people in your life who are in need and you can impact them, then why aren't you? If you have the need, right? If you have the need. Mm-hmm. If I have something that you need, why would I hoard that for myself? But I'm not saying you go out of your way to things and then you go into debt because you try to do something. I'm talking about in your means, right, what God has provided for you in your life, mm-hmm. whatever that is, and there are people in your life, right? First off, just open your eyes because, like I said, we don't like to talk about it when we ain't got the money. It's a shameful thing. But if there are people in your life who need something, hmm why wouldn't you offer it? I mean, this is this is what I mean beyond finances, right? Like, if they're, if you are struggling, if you're an awesome listener and a good friend, and you think, I, I can be that, and there are people in your life, or there's one person in your life who looks like they could use a friend or just a good listener for an hour, why not? That's good. What are you going to lose? Yeah. And you've only got something to gain. I think a lot of times when we think giving, we automatically think finances. Like I should give yeah. my money or I should give clothes or I should give food. But you're tapping into something more that I should give myself. Second Corinthians talks about the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our situations so we can comfort in any situation. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, this is the thing you've done with me for 12 years. You know, there's this girl who is awkward, really arrogant, and very judgmental. <laughs> but somehow she loves Jesus. Somehow. <laughs> it is true. It is true. You were a very judgmental person when I was younger. Like, but there's this girl, and she has very made it clear that she would love a friend or a mentor. Hmm. And I think you said, why not? Oh, Ronnie. Told you we talk about mentorship, Jen. <laughs> yeah, mentorship's for another day. Yeah, probably. But it is but, like, good. Seriously, I just keep thinking about, if my capacity is being enlarged, why would it be just for me? Mm. Oh, and that's something I need to remember going forward. Because I do feel like the Lord transitioning me into a new time. Yeah. And I don't know what that looks like. If I am being brought into an enlarged capacity, then who for? Oh, yeah, that's good. Not just you and your because dog. It, it can't just be me and the dog. No. Mm-mm. It makes us think, so, Ronnie. You've made us think today. Yeah. You've made me think about life, too. I'm I, like, oh, something to keep in mind. I appreciate that. Ponder my life with. All right, we'll bring you back for more theological discussions in the future. Yeah.
Okay. Okay. And then what's your song of the week? You Hold Me Now by um, Hillsong. I don't know if it's Hillsong United or like Hillsong Worship. Okay. But we'll it's on look- the Faith, Hope, and Love album. Yeah. Cool. We'll look it up and I'll put it on Spotify playlist. Everybody can go listen to it and think about provision and abundance, not prosperity. Yeah. <laughs> and how God holds it all. That's good. Let's end in prayer, Ronnie. You want to pray for the people? Oh. I don't know how to pray over the digital world. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Interesting. I don't know. It, okay. This prayer is not bound by space or time. Just like the mm. Lord. Nothing is too big for him, Ronnie. Oh even my gosh. the even the Really, internet. Jennifer? Yes, really. <laughs> okay. <sighs> All right, Lord, we come before you and we are so grateful for your presence in our lives. God, that you are always pursuing us and you are always there. We can never go too far from you, Lord. You are always behind us. God, you're always for us and in front of us. You surround us with your love. Father, your peace, your mercy, and your justice in our lives. And for that, we are incredibly thankful. Lord, we ask that whatever is going on in anyone's life, Lord, that, Father, you would bring to them your hope, Father, and to memory of your faithfulness, God. Lord, wrap your arms around them and hold them. I thank you for these things in your precious and holy name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks so much for listening today. If you haven't done it already, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes so that other people can find the podcast as well. And let us know what's going on in your life. We're on Instagram and Facebook at Love, Hope, and Stories. And you can also email us your story at lovehopeandstories at gmail.com. And if you're listening on the Anchor app, you can leave us a message there too. We can't wait to hear from you and we'll see you next week.